Well, we can turn back for a time to the psalm which we read together, Psalm 37. And we're going to look this evening in particular at verses 1 down to verse 9. In the midst of these, this section where uh, the psalmist David gives advice to his people, to the Lord's people, as to what to do in the midst of an ever-changing world. In a world where, as we see in the psalm, evildoers seem to be having their way and everything seems to be going well for them. The Lord's people may struggle in different ways, but David gives great advice to the Lord's people. Read at verse 3 there, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we read these words, you think of, the desires of your heart. And what are the desires of your heart this evening? David is speaking in this psalm as a man who had come through many different experiences in life, but one who could say that his desire was to always know the Lord and the blessing that he was able to give. We live in a world that's always changing, ever changing. There's always change around us. Even as we reflect on these last few years, we've seen so much change that's taken place. Our world has changed enormously. We think even of the last few days with what's happened in our nation, another change has taken place with a new king being put over us. There's always change in our lives. And even as we gather this evening, we're aware of how change comes closer to home for us. And especially the change that we all experience from time to time as we lose loved ones. Change always comes. And some change in our lives is good. Other change we maybe fear. Other change we find unsettling. Other change will cause us grief. But as you look at the life of David, uh, he is one who knew much that changed in his own life. As you read there in verse 25, he says that I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He has been through much. He is an old man now, and he's looking around and he's reflecting on all that's taken place in his life. And where does it lead him to? It leads him to take confidence in God. As we read through this psalm, as we see the theme throughout this, I, this imagery of those who are evildoers and those who are prospering in their ways and wickedness, he is reminding us that even as that goes on around us, we are to trust God. He is reminding us in this psalm that as so many different things change in our lives, as we change 
Even as he's saying there, I have been young and now I'm old. We know our own lives constantly move in that one direction. We're not going to go younger. We're always getting older. Yet what is his experience? He is able to trust in the Lord. He calls on God's people to trust in the Lord. He calls on God's people to focus on and look to the one that changes not. That's his instruction to God's people for every generation. One hymn writer wrote these words, Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. That is where we are to look. And that's the focus that David is giving for ourselves even here this evening as we gather. It's to focus on the Lord. Wherever we are, whatever situations we are going through, whatever stage of life we are at, there is encouragement for us here to fix our eyes on the Lord. And David gives us four commands that I want us to look at this evening together. Four commands that help us to focus and look to the Lord in all the different changes that happen in our midst. We have the focus, first of all, trust in the Lord. Secondly, delight in the Lord. Thirdly, commit your way to the Lord. And then fourthly, wait on the Lord. We see that in these verses before us. Uh, tonight from verse uh, 3 down through to verse 9. And the commands begin here first in verse 3. Trust in the Lord. The commands that God gives through David are all here in light of an ever-changing world. And as we look at the world around us, it brings much emotions into our experience at all different stages. And when you look at the opening word of this psalm, fret, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Fret not yourself because of all these changes that are going on around us. What is the problem that he's talking about here? We can think of fretting as being worried and anxious. We fret over many things. But the word fret goes much deeper than that. It's, it's being anxious and worried just in part. Because the word fret here is speaking about something much more stronger than that. It's speaking about anger. It's speaking about becoming angry in the circumstances we find ourselves in. It's speaking about being angry in all the changes that take place. And you see that in verse 8 where it speaks about refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Do not be angry, it tends only to evil. And there are many circumstances we may find ourselves in that causes us to be angry. But what anger does so often it robs us of our joy. It robs us of the peace that the Lord is able to give. It, it paralyzes us in many ways. 
Our anger keeps us from experiencing the peace and the blessing of God. And so what is the antidote that David is offering in this psalm? He says, fret not yourself. So what what are we to do then? Well, it begins in verse 3 with trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And what does that mean? Well, so often it means by walking by faith and not by sight. Recognising that everything that goes on around us here, we can see with our own human eyes in so many ways, and it can leave us angry. But even as we look at these things that are going completely wrong, whether it's in our own lives or the lives of others around us, we need to see it by God's eyes and to see and trust that he is still in control. Passages like Romans 8 speak so powerfully about that for us. In Romans 8, you have that wonderful passage that is such great comfort to the Lord's people. It speaks about all the kinds of afflictions that will come our way. And yet in Romans 8, he's able to speak there about these words. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. But he goes on and he says, For those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. There is this hope that the Christian has. And and that hope then goes on to be expressed in the way that is so powerful. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And you have these powerful words that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not even death itself. And that is what it means to trust in the Lord. To recognize that it's not about the troubles or the changes that we see around us and to fret ourselves, to be anxious or to be angry about them, but to trust. In the Lord, that He is the one who is able to calm us and to keep us in the midst of every circumstance. He is the one who is able to bless us, to trust in the Lord, the Lord who will always provide. Martin Luther, he once wrote about a lesson he got on a daily basis from a preacher. A lesson that taught him what it means to trust God. And you might ask yourself, who was Martin Luther's favourite preacher? Well, it it might surprise you when you hear who he saw as his favourite preacher. He said, I have one preacher that I love love better than any other on earth. It is the little robin that comes to my window who preaches to me daily. He said, I put little crumbs on the windowsill, especially at night, 
And the little robin will come and hop on the windowsill when he wants his food. He'll take as much as he desires to satisfy his hunger. And from there he will always hop to his tree close by. And he'll lift up his voice in song on that tree before tucking his head under his wing and sleeping. He leaves tomorrow to look after itself. He is the best preacher I have on earth. And isn't it a wonderful illustration of what we are to be like as Christians? How the Lord will always provide for us. He will never leave us short. We are to trust in the Lord who will always provide. We are to praise him and we are to rest ourselves in him. That is the instruction to the Christian. Are we fretting in an ever-changing world? Are we anxious about all the change that we see around us? Well, David in his old age and what he has learned through his experience has this advice. Trust in the Lord. It's the best place for us. And he goes on from there, secondly, to say, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trusting in the Lord is more than just words. It's a course of action. As we were seeing the coronation yesterday, there were many words being spoken by the king as he was taking different oaths. and the Different things were spoken about from the word of God that everything would be done to, to honour God. But it's got to be more than words. It's got to lead to action. And as a Christian, as Christians, we are to trust in the Lord, but we are to show this. We can say we trust, but then when change happens, when things come our way, are we truly trusting? Well, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. It progresses here and moves to delight. Verse 1 speaks about those getting on and prospering in life, but with all the wrong motives. And how easy it is when we see that to be jealous or envious towards them. But as we're reminded there in verse 2, it says, they will soon fade like the grass. Anything that they have is temporary. But you delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what does your heart desire? We all maybe have that, that eye of envy towards others at times. But it's to have the eye of faith that looks to God. And to see things in a different light. To delight ourselves in the Lord. And to see that he will give us then the desire of your heart. You'll be familiar with the phrase that's often used, three cheers. It's often used to give a person uh, three cheers when something good has happened in their midst for them. Well, a preacher once used three cheers of Christ, giving reasons to delight in him. They were from three different texts in Scripture that mention the word cheer. 
And he said, the first cheer is a cheer of forgiveness of sins. Because Jesus said, be of good cheer, thy sins are forgiven. The second cheer, he said, was a cheer of companionship. When Jesus said to his disciples, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And the third cheer, the preacher said, was a cheer of victory. He said, be of good cheer, Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The three cheers of Christ. And he said, these three cheers cover our whole life. They deal with our past, they deal with our present, they deal with our future. Our sins are forgiven. They are put away. We have the fellowship of Christ. He is with us now and he always will be. And we have the future to look forward to too because he has overcome the world. He is victorious. And that is what it is as a Christian to have Christ on our side. Our sins forgiven. Christ with us. We need not be afraid. And the hope of victory. Because he has overcome the world. And Paul says in Philippians. Everything else that this world has to offer. He says I count it as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as nothing. Count them as rubbish in order that I may may gain Christ. Paul's delight was in the Lord. Everything else paled into insignificance except for knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. So is that what you delight in today? Is that your heart's desire. Jesus taught in Matthew where our treasure should be, where our hope should be. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So is your heart's desire for Christ. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The third thing we see here as David is speaking from his experiences, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. The word here for committing your way to the Lord, it means roll on to. Roll on to the Lord your ways. Give every burden you're carrying. Give it to the Lord. Again, we go back to the theme in the psalm of the wicked prospering. The idea instead of worrying and fretting that they are getting on well 
and we seem to be just falling away behind in many ways, is not to have that idea at all, but to roll all of our burdens onto the Lord. This is what David has learned in his old age. This is what he has learned looking back on his life. All those times when he probably sought to do things in his own strength. He has learned, no, the best thing to do is commit it all to the Lord. Roll your burdens onto the Lord. Roll your cares onto the Lord. For he is able to sustain them and sustain you in them. The Lord has not asked his children to carry the burdens of life. He tells us to bring them to him. That's what Jesus taught in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will take that burden from you. We don't have to bear the heavy burdens of this life by ourselves. We have God who cares for us. God who is with us. The question is, do we want him? Do we commit our ways to the Lord? Are we looking to him and trusting in him? It's not being selfish. It's not looking for our own ways. But committing ourselves to the way of the Lord and the will of the Lord. When we think of what God wants for his people, you read through the scriptures and how often do we see God telling his people what he wants for them? He wants none to be lost. He wants none to perish. He wants us to have his peace. He wants us to have his blessing. He offers us so much. You come into the New Testament and you read of his great love towards us. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to have everlasting life. So he gives us his son. He offers us everything that we need. And yet so often we just decide to do things by ourselves. To live for ourselves. But David is saying it's foolish. So foolish when God is offering you all of this to ignore it and to put it away. So he's saying trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. And he will act if you trust in him. It would be easy to look in the world where there's always change. And to be dismayed by it. And we have many reasons to be dismayed at times. But not when we look to God. God isn't finished with his people here. God isn't bringing things to an end in many ways as we see it. We may be living in the last days. But God still has a purpose and a plan for his people until he returns. So we are not to lose heart. We are not to lose hope. We are to commit our ways to the Lord, trusting in him that he will act, that he will answer our prayers, 
that he will raise up a people after us. That even as he's saying there in verse 25 and 26, I may be old now, but he says, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. That we would see our children and our children's children after us, God willing, being a blessing. Being a generation who will come after us, committing their ways to the Lord, trusting in him and seeing him at work in the midst of all the generations until the Lord returns. We do not lose hope. We commit our ways to the Lord. And the final thing we see here is wait on the Lord. In verse 7 it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in this way, over the man who carries out his evil devices. Verse 9, For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. We wait on the Lord. You may think this is where we should start. But David shows us here there's a pathway, a progression to follow because we need to trust the Lord first. We need to delight in the Lord. We need to commit, roll our burdens onto the Lord before we then wait on the Lord. Have you ever tried to pray when you're fretting and anxious and angry? It's so much more difficult. It's so much more difficult to pray when that's what's in our head, when that's what's in our mind. If we are angry, everything changes in the way we approach God. But as we trust, as we as we look to him in trust, as we delight in him, as we commit our ways to him, that almost calms us. And it brings us to that place then when we can be still before the Lord and wait. To wait on the Lord is to know and believe that he is sovereign, that he is king, and that together for good for all those who love him, he works according to all his purposes. Somebody once said, through patience is waiting without worrying. We can wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, and those who do shall inherit the land. To get to that place of waiting is to follow David's advice here. The one who has learned throughout all his experience. The one who has learned through many different situations in his own life that were hard. He has learned what it is to trust God. And we learn from those who go ahead of us. We learn through those who have taught us so much over the years. But the greatest thing to learn is to trust the Lord, to delight ourselves in him, 
to commit our ways to the Lord and to wait on him because he has a great purpose and a plan for all his people. We may depart here, but it's not the end. There is eternity before us all. And for those who trust in the Lord, they inherit a land much better than here, a place of no more sorrow or sadness a place of no more darkness, a place where the Lord is in the midst of the throne as he welcomes his children home. We are to delight and trust in the Lord to know that. May God help us in the midst of all the changes that take place in our lives and our experience to look to and focus on the one who changes not, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us pray. Lord, our God, our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word and for the encouragement it gives. We thank you that we read of people, ordinary people just like ourselves. Even David the psalmist, who we may be Think of above ourselves, and yet he knew the trials and tribulations of this world, and perhaps even more than we have experienced ourselves. And yet he learned through it all to be a one who would trust in the Lord with all his heart. And help us that we too, as we go on in this life, as we see all that changes around us, may we be enabled to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to wait upon him, and to be reminded of the one who has great blessings for all his people. We do ask, O Lord, your blessing on your word to us, that you would continue with us, pardoning us for all our sin. So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.